0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison and for this special episode of the show, I was joined by two guests. Firstly, Benjamin McFadden from the Borussia Dortmund London fan club and podcast, and also Philip Dagan, a former Liverpool player who signed for the Reds in 2008 from Borussia Dortmund. Ben, first of all, how are you? How are you getting on?
1: Oh, hi, I'm Matt. Always good to be on the show with you. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, two great results this weekend for Liverpool and for Borussia Dortmund. The 5-2 Erling Haaland got four goals. I reckon there's going to be a few people in the Premiership uh, having their eyes on him. Yeah, maybe definitely.
0: Liverpool. Definitely, I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be plenty of interested parties, and and Philip Dagan as well. Obviously, is uh, a player who's played for for both. I'm sure you've got fond memories of him playing for for Borussia Dortmund. He had a fair few injuries at, at Liverpool, but you can tell I think from the chat that he's going to follow. You know, he he has fond memories of both clubs.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely a Swiss international, thirty-two t- caps for Switzerland. He's definitely a a very solid performer all round. Although he was plagued with injury in his second season with Dortmund, in his first season he uh, he uh, did a, a very good uh, a very good season. I think he played in about twenty-four games and um, and and scored a goal as well. And it was against Bayern Munich as well, which is not to be underestimated.
0: No, of course not. And Philip Dagan, as I say, played for both Liverpool and Borussia Dortmund. He's a a friend and honorary member of the Borussia Dortmund London fan club as well, hence his involvement in this podcast. And we wanted to ask questions of the ex-Swiss international, who now works, of course, as a football agent as well. Philip just missed out on playing for Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund, but I did ask him about the Reds' boss, plus what it was like to work under Rafa Benitez at Liverpool between 2008 and 2010. This is a joint venture between Blood Red and the Borussia Dortmund fan club. And this is the chat we had with Philip Degen.
2: The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: First of all, just in terms of Liverpool, I wondered just sort of how big Liverpool are in, in Switzerland?
2: Very big. Um, they're always coming also to the, to the training camp in badr uh, Also, to when, when I was in Liverpool, we, we was there uh, twice uh, to have the, to the training camp in Switzerland. It's always, uh, I think, uh, good. We have a lot of supporters in Switzerland. Uh, when we had friendly games, uh, the stadium is always full. Uh, of course, without Corona, um, then it's full. So we have a lot of supporters. Liverpool has a lot of supporters. And I think the, the, the brand Liverpool, the club, which is a, a huge club uh, in the world, is also the same in Switzerland.
0: And was that a, a big reason as to why you chose Liverpool? Were there, there were other options on the table at the time? Was that a reason why you chose to come to Liverpool?
2: Yes that was I chose it one year before because my 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 contract was one year later was finished and I chose it Liverpool already before because for me it was always like I have a little bit of the tradition clubs in my in my career so it was was <laughs> it was funny for me you know um for me, it was always important. I was like when I was young. I always supported like the the, the 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 fans with a lot of tradition and 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 for me it's Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool, of course. They have a big uh, uh, fan tradition and that was also a reason uh, why I chose these clubs.
0: Rafa Benitez was one of the managers that you obviously worked with. I mean, there's sort of different ways to to describe him. He was a very good tactician, very good with the the tactics and that sort of thing. But what was he like to to get along with as a person? What was your experience with him?
2: (laughs) He, of course, he was. I think his main strength, like you said, is is his tactics. he was not the big talker, to be honest. Um, he was more always straight away the daily work which he did every day, which he really uh, his focus was always on the tactic. And he was not the one like like Jurgen Klopp, which I also know, who is really like he's the communicator. He's the he's the guy with the fire. He's the guy with the power. He bring he bring everybody behind him and. Rafa was completely a different kind of coach. Uh, of course, he was also successful in in in, in Liverpool, uh, but I think uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, he, he made a new area in Liverpool. So um, this is, you know, I always I always say when when you have a boss, doesn't matter if it's in football or in business, and the boss has fire. The boss is breathing from fire. He is uh, he, he 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 knows. He's going with, uh, with an example, he, he, he making things, and, and this is, I think, Jürgen Klopp. That's why um, uh, success came back to Liverpool, and he made Liverpool uh, uh, great again, I can say, like uh, <laughs> some yeah. other sentence. So uh, I think this is, uh, of course, also a big uh, advantage from Jürgen. But uh, Rafa was, of course, he was a nice guy, but his main strength was, of, of course, on the pitch.
0: And Roy Hodgson as well. You you work with him, I believe. What was your experience under him?
2: Roy Hodgson is a, is like a grand seigneur, uh, say in 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 French. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a gentleman um, in the football. Uh, he lived his whole life in football. He is a, he's a nice guy. Um, I think he, he he also lived from he was also national coach in Switzerland, uh, quite successful. Um, so uh, he's a little bit he's different to Jurgen Klopp and he's different to Rafa Benitez. He is you you see that he's a he, when when my when I was there he's he was like a how you say he's the like a, he was an older gentleman like this.
1: Another coach you worked under was Otmar Hitzfeld, who's really yes. um, re- absolutely legendary in the Bundesliga and uh, a Swiss resident and so on. Um, what uh, what was it like working with Otmar? I mean, certainly um, he's one of the greatest coaches ever to gift Borussia Dortmund sh- the sheer number of titles of the Champions League of 97 alone remain a great high point.
2: Uh, Otmar Hitzfeld is like... Uh... I said it before, like close to uh, like Roy Hodgson. He's a gentleman. He's a he's a he's a he's a guy looking up to him, because he really was very successful as a player. He was very successful as a coach, and he is a he's a very very successful uh, for me also as a person. Because what he's saying is always um, people listen to him and and and, and like this he coached. He was not the the, the the one who made the detail who was the best tactical or whatever but his personality made him the success and I think this was the difference I think also similar to chupankis Pankes um, which I know who also was uh, like as a personality they were completely different and like they really could they could really um, get everybody behind them and I think this is a key point for, for them.
0: Roy Hodgson was uh, the manager who was there when it was the end of your time at Liverpool could you have exactly. have stayed at, at Liverpool or, or did you did you choose to, to make the decision to leave because you wanted to go and play
2: yes no my my my, my first season was uh, sadly um, because I had a lot of injuries uh, I always fight myself back and in the games, so I we get got again injured now we can say bad luck yeah but a lot I made a lot of pressure to myself uh, sometimes in football you cannot. Describe everything, and you cannot see everything. Sometimes you have uh, things which is maybe uh, you, you fight with yourself, and you always get in, in a new in a new injury. Uh, that was of course a time, and then I stayed one year more. I had also uh, two, three uh, small things in this year, and then Glenn Johnson came, of course, an English national player. It's always not easy when you play in England, and it's coming a player for 20 million uh, on your position, of course, and then for me it was clear. I just want to go to play. And that was the reason why I left. Uh, of course, um, it was not. I loved to how the, the club is. I love how the, the fans are. Uh, a lot of uh, warm uh, people which love the football. And uh, I can always say to everybody, this is for me um, one of the biggest passions I have ever seen for football. And uh, I love football. So that's why Liverpool is, uh, is massive on that.
0: What was it like to, to be in the Liverpool dressing room at that time? There was obviously Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, Fernando Torres. I think was there at the time. There was some, you know, big. Xabi names alonso, Xabi alonso alonso, as alonso. Well.
2: yeah, yeah. Pepe Reina. I still a good friend with him. Um, it's a it's a completely different team. I think I can say that there are more types, more types personality. Uh, of course, they are also successful, but. I think Steven Gerrard just when I see him um, how he was as a person uh, a big example a big carrier a big guy Um, I think he made Liverpool uh, also to that where he is of course Jamie Carragher he started there he is also he's a little bit a different guy than Stevie uh, but uh, also of course there are are types and I had Xabi Alonso Xabi Mascherano uh, Fernando Torres uh, they are, of course, everybody's individual, but uh, I think they are good types and, and people who really took their responsibility on the team and on the club.
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, you uh, were part of, of the team that nearly won the, the Premier League title in, in 2008-09. You, you missed a lot of that season through injury, but can you tell us yes. what it was like to, to be a part of that squad? Because you must have seen how desperate Liverpool fans were to, to get that Premier League title.
2: I know that was the only target we have, <laughs> to be honest. Of course, there was also a Champions League or whatever, but I think, to, to be fair and to be honest, to, to get the, the, the Premier League title was even more important than to get the, the Champions League title on this case, on this case in, in, in Liverpool because the fans waited so long for that and uh, I was very happy when last season uh, this happened and and I, I can say I'm very sad uh, as a as a fan of, of football, a fan of Liverpool. Very sad that this corner came and they couldn't even celebrate this big, 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 big victory which they did uh, to win the title. It's not easy in England to win the title, so I know really what it means uh, to win the title in 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 England. So. Uh, a big, a big congratulation to everybody who was involved. So, uh, we worked also 2008 on this uh, target we had. So, but it didn't happen. So, yeah, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you always want to win. But you know how it is; it's not easy.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
2: I'd like to to ask about
0: a couple of those players that yes. did win the, the Premier League title. One of them being Trent Alexander-Arnold, who of course plays right back, the position yeah. that you played. How good do you think he is uh, among the the
2: best in, in world football in this position? Yes, definitely. I think he has everything what you need in the football today to be a top player on this position. And I think this is also strange. He he he, he didn't have. Now he has a, a, an injury. I think a little a bigger injury. I don't know exactly what it is, but. He was not. Uh, he is a guy who has really. He has speed. He is technically very good. He has a good shoot. Um, he's coming forward. He has his offensive attacking. Uh, so this is how the modern right back or left back has to be. And I think he's one of the top right back which we have at the moment in Europe. Uh, so um, Liverpool can be very proud because uh, he come from the academy and it's always good. To have an own player who is coming from the academy and it makes you proud. How do you think the, the
0: right back position has changed? Do you think it it's much different to to when you were playing it?
2: It changes, of course, because in my time it came very slowly that the right the 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 the, right, the full backs need to go offensive. They need to attack. They need to have different kind of skills. Than it was in my time. So uh, than today. So today, is the football is completely different. Uh, it changed to uh, offensive. You expect that the fullbacks are offensive. They they have offensive strange. Uh, I don't think that you will play in a big team like Liverpool when you don't have the skills to go offensive. To have the skills also to be flexible. I think this is a very important uh, part because you know you see the videos and every. Team is studying the the open end very good so uh, the, the details non, sometimes uh, decide about a win or a lose or a draw and that's why this this kind of thing this flexibility on on the pitch is very important.
1: As a as a, uh, a former defender in Borussia Dortmund, what um, what are the defensive challenges Dortmund are facing, um, particularly in your position at right back? Uh, who do you see as the the key uh, the key Defensive lineup for Borussia Dortmund. Do you still follow Borussia Dortmund quite a lot? Of the matches?
2: Of course, uh, I have players there and uh, I know everybody there. So I have close friends there, very close friends. Um, of course, I know I know the club very very good. So uh, I follow everything, yes, for sure. And at the moment with the fullbacks here, they have Munier. I think this was a decision for the stability. Um, but they will, they will, I think they will um, do something anyway on the right back position on summer because I think they need a little bit more flexibility on this position because also Lukas Biczek, uh, he's getting old and I think he will retire his carrier in the summer. So I think they, they, they will get someone for the right back um, for sure.
1: What is it that made Dortmund so special for you? I've looked a little bit at the statistics of um, of your career. Um, you scored an amazing 3-2 in the uh, 3-3 draw in 2006. I believe it was your only goal for Borussia Dortmund. But what a goal in the 3-3 draw! Do you remember that goal against FC Bayern? Yeah,
2: against against Oliver Kahn, who is the I know him very good. Uh, he is the he will be a new boss in Bayern Munich. So against him, I scored in in the Allianz Arena. As in the in the stadium of in the new stadium of uh, Bayern Munich, so it was always, you know, I was always uh, uh, normally in the front, but uh, in this time, in this period, the fullbacks was not they, so demanding that they were so offensive like I was. So, um, but that was of course my stranger, but I scored only one. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: um, you played in two notable derbies. Um... In season 2005 uh, uh, against Schalke, why yes. is the derby still very, very special? And is it one of the greatest derbies uh, that you've ever played in the revier derby between Dortmund and Schalke For
2: me, it's one of the. I was also playing a Liverpool or the or Manchester. Of course, there is also a big revivals, but Dortmund Schalke. Bah, this is this is war. Um, it's not—it's unbelievable how the people are waiting for this kind of derby and how how many things are going around the game until the game starts. It's such amazing, and the, the whole cities are uh, crazy about this this derby. And yeah, this is a big revival. So uh, I can just say it's one of the biggest I've ever seen. So uh, it's fight. <laughs>
1: What do you feel? Um, what do you feel, Dortmund? Which positions do they need to strengthen in in order to start competing with Bayern? Obviously, it's a huge challenge. Bayern being um, currently probably the best team in the world, um, and uh, Dortmund having to compete in the same league is is quite a challenge. Um, what do you see are the key positions um, uh, apart from the defensive lineup, or is it the defensive lineup where Dortmund have difficulties? I think at centre back with uh, Mats Hummels, we still have one of the most talented players and indeed Germany this week probably needed Mats Hummels against Spain but perhaps we should say a bit less about that
2: I think that Dortmund needs to sign centre-back the right-back maybe we talk about the left back depends they don't really count on Schulz, so I think these positions and then to be honest they have a very very good team Maybe, maybe, uh, but this is so difficult to find a, a guy who can play when Holland is not fit or he is uh, suspended or he is uh, injured. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: Um, you're you're a football sc- scout and and talent manager yourself. Have you have you seen Jude Bellingham? How good do you think he is? What uh, how good was that buy for Borussia Dortmund this season? Um, in your in your opinion,
2: I think it's the one of the biggest victories victory for Dortmund because the challenge um, to get this player to Dortmund was very 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 high, and I've, they they fighted for months because I know his agent very good uh, of Jude Bellingham and I'm a good friend of him, and I know um, I know which kind of fight it was. I think it's we can say that every club in in Europe, every top club in Europe wanted to sign him so Dortmund made this this uh, uh, this challenge they wanted and to be honest it's the right step for me the right step to do to get to a big star because Dortmund showed to a lot of players they can develop the players even more to a higher level and then they can do the very very big step. so I think it, it, it was the, it was the right decision.
0: Um, so I was just really interested to, to see what you're up to at the moment and, and, and your sort of work. I believe you, you work with Shikadron Mustafi as well as one of your, exactly. your clients. What, what made you want to, to get into to that sort of thing after you finished playing?
2: To be honest, um, I'm very involved in a lot of few businesses, uh, nothing to do with football. But after my career, I'm a guy who has a lot of energy and I always need to do something. Uh, even if it's a good experience or bad experience, you learn about everything. Now. Myself, what was my biggest issue I had during my career, which I think the players, the young players, could do better than I did, and the, the bad things I did, they don't do, and which I can help to don't make the mistakes or, or even getting better, and. The reason also about the experience, about to know the people in Europe or in the world, to know the network, to know the people who are coming on the sport director position which I played against or which I played with, or the people who, who really, you can talk on the same level about football and not just about to move a player because uh, to, to getting money. My, my vision and my, 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 my power to do something was never money. Money is, for me, just a part. Um, um, it, it helps you, but it don't make you happy and don't make you better. For me, it was always to create and develop and to help players to go to the top level and to, to be one day a big star and to be and make a big carrier. I think this was my vision and that's why I went in this business. Um, I was 16 years professional footballer. I had a lot of I saw a lot of people and a lot of players and a lot of uh, things, clubs, coaches. I think my experience is quite good on that. And uh, I wanted to give this experience to young players, to players which I can help to make the right steps, to to, to get the right uh, club and to negotiation at the end, a very good contact for the player.
0: One of the, the young players that you mentioned to, to Ben earlier was Jude Bellingham. Obviously, uh, interesting. You say a lot of, of teams around Europe. Do you know you know who, who those teams were? were? Were Liverpool one of those teams?
2: Yeah, so uh, it was Real Barca, AC Milan, Inter Milan, AS Roma, Bayern Munich. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, the other one couldn't pay him uh, <laughs> in Germany uh, it was um, the top teams all in England, it was Men United especially Men United uh, who, who made a big bait on him and you know it was, when you see the, the fight for this boy also between the agent because I know Mark Bennett very good he's the agent of him, it was massive and I really like how, to maybe, it because, uh, you know, I, I like when people are have a straight mind and, and they never forget from where they're coming. So, uh, yeah. So that's, I think, he did also the right step and the right decision. So that's clear.
1: I want to ask you, Philip, um, as, as somebody who follows football talents quite closely, I've seldom ever seen a player like uh, Yusuf Mukoku, who has his uh, Einstand, his first appearance for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you think Dortmund should have a backup for Erling Haaland. Uh, have you seen Yusuf Mukoku and how good do you think he could end up being?
2: Yes, I have seen him a few times. Um, of course, he has a big talent, but... Um, you know, there I'm a little bit careful to say too early things about him, um, where he, he could go. Um, because um, you never know when he's that young what it will be in, in a few years later. You know, it could be now he starts and he has four amazing years. But trust me, football is going very fast and then maybe with 22 he's not even on the on level anymore yeah. and he's just 22 sometimes I'm a guy who's better to to go to, to up someone slowly than to push him in in a pressure with 16 uh, that's not easy for, for, for a guy trust me even in the head they are still kids uh, to, to 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 manage some pressure to manage things. It's very difficult. At the end, you say um, for, ha- for Erling Haaland. Yeah, if you put the pressure on a 16-year-old guy, he need to score and Erling Haaland is not there, you may make a big mistake on the development of a player because he will one day he will be on a on a, on a tough challenge with himself and with his head because um, yeah, this is not easy. They still need to go and um, you, you cannot make too much pressure on a, on a young kid like him. It's my absolutely. opinion.
1: Um, are you as excited um, as somebody who follows b about Dortmund's young generation, Mark II, uh, young players like Reina, uh, Bellingham, Sancho, Zagadu, Haaland, Mukoku? I mean, there's an average age of 18, 19, uh, 19, I think, there between them. So it's absolutely incredible to see what a young generation is coming through. It reminds me quite a lot about. Uh, the uh, the first uh, the the first championship of Jurgen Klopp 2011.
2: Of course, they they have a very good scouting department. I know everybody. Um, they're doing a really good job, <laughs> and of course, Michael Zorc. At the end, he's the head of everything. He's doing a very good job. Um, I think it's the the good and the right way how they're doing it, and it sees which kind of potential and which kind of Level and young kids they have, so uh, yeah, I think this is the right way, and they working hard for that. That, yeah, that's it.
0: Wanted to, to quickly ask you about Genie Wanneldom as well. Uh, obviously in your experience uh, as an agent working with players, why do you think he hasn't signed at at Liverpool? Do you think he's probably just keeping his options open for for the rest of his career? Maybe he wants to to try something new in future, because he's obviously a key player for Liverpool, but it it doesn't look like he's going to sign a new deal.
2: Yeah, this is a big question. The same a little bit like Emre Can. Um, you You know, in football, I always say to every player, Of course, at the end, you also want to earn good money. But for me, um, this is my experience in my life. Everybody sees it different. But I think a a very important part in life is always um, to see not only money, to see everything. I don't know if if why he did not sign because of money, but he was one of the top teams ever which we have. So what is the next step? Is Real Madrid... Or maybe Barcelona. But I don't think that, I don't know, but I don't think that he will be one of the big stars in this team. So I would, if I'm his age, I would be him. I would thinking um, very good about um, to move because we also, you know, we need to be honest. We have a, a very tough time in the world uh, with this corona. We have a very sad situation about the football because we cannot go to, 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 to the stadium. We cannot see the people. This is really this is frust- frustrating and destroying also a little bit the, 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 the what, what make football big and what makes football strong. And, uh, you know, also the, the clubs losing a lot of money with that, of course, also at the end, it's a business. And, you know, then you need to really think and to be honest when is the right time and the right moment to do something to ask something and I don't know exactly what what his status is at the moment and why he don't sign so maybe it's money maybe it's not maybe he wants to move Uh, I don't know what he's expecting but if I'm him and I'm a part of this club which win again the Champions League which won again the the league and I'm a part of it and I count on, on them I would stay in Liverpool doesn't matter if I earn one or two million more in another club. Money doesn't make you more happy, I think. This is my, my vision and my opinion, and I'm honest with that.
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, at this stage, it's only, what, four or five weeks until he could potentially sign a pre-contract agreement with a club away from, from Liverpool outside of England. Is yes. it likely, do you think, at this stage, if he hasn't signed yet, is it likely that he will move away? Or do you think it, it could still be possible that he could sign
2: I don't know if, I don't know if Liverpool um, you know, sometimes sometimes a club really wants to keep you, and sometimes a club wants to keep you, and the club sometimes don't want to keep you. So this is three points: The ones who really want to sign you, they will do everything. The clubs who just want to keep you, they don't do everything. And the clubs who don't want to sign you, they leave you, they leave out the contract. Yeah. There's always three parts. And I don't know in which part he is exactly, uh, which part that Liverpool is um, uh, on that. So I don't know. I can't. uh, But if I'm him, you know, he can sign in five weeks, six weeks. He can sign a new contract. But I I would really think about it because he's still one of the top best teams in, in Europe. So it, it's difficult to be in a better team than than Liverpool. They, they really need to be a or Bayern Munich. It need to be a high, high, high club where he where he wants to go or where you where he, yeah where you want to move.
0: Want to ask you as well about certain Shakiri. I don't think you ever played with him for, for club or country, but was he someone that when he was coming through, you were aware of him and, and his talent?
2: Of course, he he grew up in Basel where I was growing up. He, he came there. As a young player, um, I, I know him quite well, so uh, he has a he's a big talent guy. Um, he had also a lot of a few injuries in Liverpool, it, which is very sad, but I think his qualities uh, are good enough to also make, make, make the difference uh, 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 in each, in, in the most of the clubs, uh, so I hope for him that he stay healthy, because this is the most important for him, that he can show his skills. and uh, yeah, He's a very nice guy, he's always funny so and, and, and always positive, so you, you, you know him, so that's always good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you say he's very positive, he's a very good player, he's played for a lot of big clubs, he's obviously played for, for Bayern, he's played for Liverpool and, and a couple of others as well. I mean, how do people in Switzerland view his career? Is he one of the, the big stars to come out of Switzerland?
2: of course when you see his revenue his uh, carrier is of course one of them which the people know and 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 also the young kids which looking off uh who is the one in switzerland which i can follow which carry i can i can i can also i want to do so he's of course one of them so um he also did he won a lot of titles of course he had some injuries but doesn't matter to win a title to be a part of the team this is the most important and that he was. So, of course, he's one of the uh, then uh, players which is uh, uh, the most rated in Switzerland, of course.
1: Tell me uh, tell me briefly, Philipp, um, you, you represented Switzerland 32 times. Um, and yes. um, amongst others, I was at the 2006 World Cup in Germany, which really changed yes. the way that we feel about Germany as a football nation. And it really... Uh, Engaged everybody uh, and the openness yes. and friendliness and so on as a player uh, Was it as open and friendly and such a great experience the 2006 as it was for us fans Travelling around the country.
2: I think I can say it, it was one of the best World Cups ever when not the best Because um, the, 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 the people which this country in the country which they they closed uh, together, they they, 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 everybody from all countries all over the world came to Germany to celebrate, to to having a big party, to having big four weeks, and that the, the weather was amazing. Uh, I can just say that for me, not just because I played this World Cup, but for me it was the biggest, one of the biggest World Cups um, without any other things, which people. Stick together, which has the immigration between the, the, the countries, um that was massive. And for me, still one of my biggest reminder of viewing my career because that, that, that really was amazing. It's my uh, honest uh, uh, opinion uh, you can't count this what, what's, going, what's happening in Germany to other World Cups or European Cups or whatever.
1: Lastly, I just want to ask you about another Swiss player who actually has an English connection as well, given that his parents are English. Um, I guess you've probably uh, keenly noticed the Switzerland under-17 international Bradley Fink. Could you yes. say something about Bradley? What's your view of him?
2: I think Bradley, he's very tall. He's very good physically. Uh, he scores a lot of goals. He's, co- he's really a box to uh, box player. 16 yards in the box, he's very strong. Of course, he needs to develop his technically... Hard, but I think he will, and he's in a, in a good way. Um, and yeah, Dortmund signed him because uh, they they hope they will play one day in the stadium. So in that's that's uh, that's the vision of Dortmund. That's why they have a good scouting, and I hope also for Bradley that he will um, get this target which he has, and he will play one day in the in the stadium of Borussia Dortmund.
1: Thank you so much. Well, it's been an absolute honor to speak to you, Philip. And we do hope sometime perhaps when you're on business here in England that you'll stop by to have a Dortmund O'Neill beer with us. And uh, we wish you well for your future career. Thank thank you you very much. much.
2: You too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.